Hello, and welcome to Midweek in the Word podcast, brought to you by Faith Bible in Lincoln, Nebraska. Every week, we strive to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. Look for us every Wednesday where you stream your podcasts. Here's our host, Faith Bible's Adult Ministries pastor, Brad Myers. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the podcast. We're glad you're joining us here on Midweek in the Word for another episode. We're glad you're taking the time to tune in. It's good to have you along for the ride. Hopefully you've enjoyed our last couple of episodes as we've started out here in our Old Testament series, Bearing Witness. This week we're continuing that new series um, with our theme verse being taken from John 5, 39, where Christ talks about the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament, Bearing Witness of Him where each week we're going to take a look at a different Old Testament book. We covered Genesis and Exodus over the last couple of weeks, and hopefully you're looking forward to our discussion this week on Leviticus. In case you haven't been tuning in for the last couple of weeks, uh, let me just remind you that each week as we cover one Old Testament book at a time, we're asking five or six key questions. First, what is the occasion and situation of the book? Second, what is or how is the book organized? Third, how should the book be read? Fourth, what is the primary message of that book? Fifth, where do we see Christ testified about? That being the relationship to that bearing witness theme uh, for this series. And then finally, and of course, can't leave off without asking, what does God want me to understand, believe, do, or desire as a result? I'm really looking forward to this series. I'm excited for the way it's gotten kicked off this year. Um, And I'm excited for Leviticus. You may find that a little bit strange, listeners, but trust me, I'm excited. I think the discussion is going to be good. But before I get to that, I just want to welcome back our guest on the podcast this week, uh, Chuck Myers, FBC's deacon overseeing the Faith Life Cultivation team and also one of our adult ministry pastors consistently. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast, Chuck. Thank you. It's good to be back again and that people were willing to put up with me for a couple more times. That's, you know, the the advantage of not having people seeing you live is that you have no idea what their response is. So point. we just, we're just going to assume everybody's smiling and they enjoyed Genesis and Exodus so much uh, that they're tuning in for Leviticus again go. this week. I know I've enjoyed our discussion, listeners. Hopefully you have as well. And we're looking forward to piquing your interest on Leviticus here in a moment. Um, but before we get into that, let me just remind you that this last Sunday, Tom was back in the pulpit. He was covering Hebrews 7, verses 11 through 28 walked us through a little bit more on that character of of Melchizedek in the book of Hebrews. Just be reminded that you can always find any of those messages you've missed, especially if you missed this last week's message on our website, faithbiblelincoln.org. Or you can go and search for our pod, our Sermons Feed podcast. Just search for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, and you should be able to pull that up and catch up on any messages you may have missed over the last few weeks or over the last few months. And uh, hopefully you've enjoyed our walk through Hebrews as Tom will continue moving us through that book in the coming weeks as well. So like I mentioned here a second ago, let me just remind you, if you weren't tuning into Genesis and Exodus, there's a couple of things. First of all, you missed Chuck's introduction. If you're not familiar with him, go back to our first episode this year and hear a little bit about his story so you have some context for where he's speaking from. Also, we just want to remind you here real quickly where the story is at so far in the Old Testament. We started with the book of Genesis, probably a familiar book to you, where we saw a whole bunch of origin. We saw the origin of everything in the creation of the world, the foundation of society and so many things that go on there. And then we also saw the origin of Israel as a people, Moses writing this book, trying to help the people understand 
What is their place? What is Israel's place in God's grand design? What is he calling them to be? How is he setting them apart? That sort of idea. We saw all that in Genesis. And then in the book of Exodus, last week, we talked about how God calls this people out and he saves them out of Egypt, but then he constitutes them as a people. We have a whole bunch of laws later in the book of Exodus where he brings them to Mount Sinai, creates their worship, creates their civil situation, and kind of constitutes this nation, establishes them as a people. He's beginning to form this group that had been a family, and then this large people group, but had never yet before been a nation, and he's setting them up. That's Genesis. That's Exodus. Now we jump into the Old Testament book of Leviticus. And unlike our previous two books, it's likely a less familiar book to many of you listeners. It may even be one of those books you tend to avoid as you move (laughs) through the Old Testament. Leviticus gets a bad rap that way. We get Genesis, that's exciting. Exodus, that's exciting. Though we get into those later chapters, we struggle a little bit. And then there's this break of Leviticus and Numbers, which we tend to think of as the quote-unquote boring books in the Old Testament. Um, okay, so so Dad, let, let's see if we can't defend this book just a bit uh, to our listeners and maybe cultivate some interest in it as well. Absolutely. So this third book of the Old Testament, Leviticus, what is the occasion? What is the situation of this book? Well, we're, we're continuing, um, you know, where Exodus left off, and I think we need to keep that in mind. Um, they're, they're still at Mount Sinai, and uh, God is is giving them what they need to know to be the nation that he created them to be. Um, And so as we've moved through Exodus and seen, as you said, the the civil side, uh, Leviticus is all about the moral side. And, you know, I think maybe that's, that's part of the struggle that we have with it, is it's really easy to get into Leviticus and, and feel like, you're the one being talked about. You know, a lot of these things really do pertain to to how we are going to act uh, morally today yeah. and have many of their um, origins in, in the book of Leviticus. Yeah. We've talked about that over the course of the last couple of weeks, where this becomes kind of the foundation of the moral code that the whole Bible is built upon and how we see that theme kind of repeated. You've already mentioned we're talking Moses again writing um, the rest of the Pentateuch, those first five books of the Old Testament, writing to this people of Israel as he's, you know, as God is establishing this people. Leviticus continuing that story as he gives them this moral code. Okay, so he's, he's kind of created this story, understanding the beginnings of everything, understanding how this people is now pulled together. Now he starts giving them these moral laws. How does he set about that? Like, how is the book of Leviticus organized? Because this is this is a lot of chapters for it most is, of us to is. wade through. And most of us would go, well, could it have been, could it have just, just given us the Ten Commandments? We got that in Exodus. That would have been a great framework. Right, right. What's with all this extra that we get in Leviticus? That's the, the thing that we have to remember is... This, this is designed to govern their lives. Um, you know, we have a tendency, I think, today to, to try to segment um, our lives, whether, whether it's spiritually, um, you know, I think sometimes maybe even morally from, from the, the life of the country, you know, where we're living at. And, and God makes it abundantly clear that he doesn't want that to be the case. He mm. he wants to be vitally involved uh, in in their daily lives. That he wants them to be 
looking to Him for direction uh, in in everything that is going on. And so, you know, if we if we begin to to look at the fact that there are numerous things that begin the book as far as, okay, this is, this is how you need to act. And, and there's kind of a, a crescendo going on there um, to where he's building, building, building on those things toward the middle of the book. Uh, and then 16 and 17 will, you know, want to get into that because of the Day of Atonement is, is kind of vital to this, and then goes from there and says, okay, now based upon that, let's go back and look at um, some of these laws, some of these expectations, some of these sacrifices. Uh, And so we have really every part of life addressed there, but especially uh, as it comes to how their actions, you know, how they're going to act, why they're going to do what they do. Um, and what to do when they fail, you know, that's, that's a lot of it. There's, there's the expectation there that you're, you're not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what do we do to get back to that purity? You yeah. know, if, if God is living in their midst, um, and Numbers really addresses that, you know, and so we're going to see that next week, um, if, if God is desiring to be right in the middle of them, uh, they better fi- figure out some way to for that to ele- to take place without him being killed. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, so I think that's that's the occasion. Is how do we live in in such a way that we can live in the presence of a mighty, holy, perfect God? Yeah, I I try to put myself in the in the feet of the Israelites as I'm thinking through the story thus far. You know, as they. They're saved, and there's these miraculous wonders, right? You got the ten plagues of Egypt, and then you get the parting of the Red Sea, and then you get, you know, uh, the pillar of fire and the and the cloud, and you have all these incredible miracles. And then they come up to the bottom of Mount Sinai, and God's presence descends on this mountain, and and God's words to Moses are, "Put up a barrier so that people don't even come near the mountain, mm-hmm. lest they be wiped out." You know what I mean? Like, and that's the context. So now all of a sudden you're like, okay, great. We've been constituted as a people. We're supposed to be have this tabernacle that we talked about in Exodus. We're supposed to be living in close proximity to this holy, awesome, powerful God. How's that going to happen without all of us dying? You know. And so you get you get these offerings and you get worship established in the first few chapters. Um, I want to get to the Day of Atonement here in just a moment. I want to talk about 16 and 17, but there's there's something we have to address before we get to that, because as as you get this worship, you get this, the, the, the burn offerings and the fellowship offerings and all this sort of thing, and then you keep running into this theme of clean and unclean. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's a major mm-hmm. theme in the book of Leviticus. It continues on throughout the rest of the Old Testament, but explain a little bit for our listeners, like, what's that all about as you hit that in Leviticus? Um, yeah, that's that's a really that's a really good question, um, and it's not terribly easy to to get our handle to get a handle on, um, because of the fact that you know we basically would would admit that we're all unclean. You know mm. <laughs> how yeah. how do we yeah. get there? Um, and I think that really is is at the core of this. Of um, if if God is expecting. Uh, a a level uh, of um, 
conformity, maybe I, I guess would be the word to put the way to put that. If we are prone to be unclean, then then there's got to be some way to say, okay, this is this is what happens to make us clean so that mm. we're acceptable to God. Mm. Um, and so I th- I think what we see there is that um, we have a external way of being able to see where the heart is at. Mm. Um, and I think that's the big thing is, uh, you know, we get we get hung up on the the actions, yeah. Um, but it really is much more a matter of saying: Is the heart pure? Is there a desire to to seek God? Is there a desire to put Him first? Is there a desire to to do what He asks us to do? And if we look at it that way, then going through these things, it's it's not so much, you know. All of a sudden, we've taken a bath, so so we're clean. Right, no, it's right. it's the the implication of of preparing our hearts so that even though we realize that we may stumble, we may fall, we may become unclean, there is a method where which we can return to where God says, "Okay, you are um, in the position that you need to be. You are clean." Mm. Does that answer answer the question? Is that where you were wanting to go with that? Yeah, you know, I, I think it provides a little bit of clarity. It's it's almost as if the people get a metaphor in in so many of the the activities they participate in, where it's like you are living in an unclean, unholy world. I am a holy God. I'm set apart. I'm a apart. I'm a different fundamentally from from this world that's been stained by sin. But most fundamentally, the stain of sin is in your hearts, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yep. And so it's this representation of the fact that the whole world is fundamentally unclean in some way. We are fundamentally unclean in some way. How is it that we can be in the presence of God who isn't? Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it, it again and again and again. And we get, again, we could talk, there's a lot more nuance to in that. We're talking in broad sweeping terms right. of the way Leviticus puts this. But it, it really, I think, was meant to help the people understand what's going on here, what is really going on with your hearts. And to that, to that point, again, we, have, we want to talk about the Day of Atonement. We want to make sure we get to chapter 16 because this is really, in so many ways, like you talked about, this is the climax of the book. This is kind of the the crux, the linchpin that sits at the center of this book of Leviticus that's so critical. Explain that a little bit for our listeners. Um, Day of Atonement was is basically set up to do a number of things. Um, there there are, is going to be that natural dirtiness that, that happens as we live life, um, and whether whether that is by intention or is by default, uh, over time we are going to get dirty. Going back to using that that metaphor again, um, and so the the Day of Atonement was that time where um, God says, "Okay, now let's get all the people together. Let's take some time, and we're going to again visualize getting everybody back to purity, um, getting everybody clean again." And how, how would they do that? Um, and it revolved around the use of, of two sheep, you know, the idea of, of slaughtering the one as a sacrifice 
and then goes on beyond that into that whole idea of the scapegoat and the the second one that was released into the wilderness. Um, and so the idea of removing their sins is is seen really two pronged there, um, and you know along with that was was the resolution of of debts the the reclaiming land, you know, a lot of things that, that have all came around that idea of getting back to where mm. we need to be, mm. um, of returning to where uh, God wants us, wants us to live. And I think a, the Day of Atonement really revolves around, around that idea and the very um, poignant uh, pictures that we get through a slaughtered animal uh, where the blood is then taken into and put before God mm-hmm. with with that understanding that life is in the blood. You know, we really pick that up, uh, I think, through the book of, of Leviticus, that idea of how important blood is. Uh, we're really uh, exposed to that very strongly in the book of Leviticus. And so there's there's the shedding of blood that takes place there, the the need for a a being a harmless being a to be to be destroyed on behalf of the people um, and then the idea of actually carrying their sins away of removing their sins from that then is is built into that as well so it, yeah it really is a climax um, as we see okay how how do we achieve this well you know we're we're doing that throughout the Throughout the year, we're doing that day after day um, as we think about that. But then there's that opportunity to say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna focus on that once a year." Sure once this a activity year. would have taken place, yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I love that it picks up so many of the themes that you've talked about over the last couple of weeks too. You know, we get the shedding of blood, and then we get the placing of you know again, this is all in Leviticus 16, the placing of the sins of the people on the head. Of a of a <laughs> blameless animal, you know. Here and again, we can't harp, help but look forward. Obviously, we're anticipating the person and work of Christ. I want to talk about that here in just a moment as right. well. And then you get kind of you're back into some of these laws about how do we live holy again now that we've kind of had this this reset to some extent mm-hmm. um, visualized for the people. And so that's how how we read through the book of Leviticus all through this lens of. What is going on with the shedding of blood? What is going on with this holy versus unholy, clean versus unclean aspect? How do people get back into right relationship with God? How do we address that all holiness? Okay, so then if you recognize that that's how this whole book is put together, how do we go about reading it? Like, how do we read through this book? Because obviously right. you're not recommending we start with 16 and we just kind of hang out there because that's, the, that's the, the fun part, if you will. Right, right. Um, well, and, you know, one of the things that came to mind even as you were talking there is, you know, we have to remember that it's put in the middle of the book for some reason. Um, and if we, if we start there, we miss all of the things as far as, okay, we're going to have a tendency to fall into uncleanness. We're going to have a tendency to fall into sin. Uh, here's a way to get it back. But then the second half of the book is okay let's let's see if we can do better you know let's let's see if um, we can take that to heart and actually uh, 
depend on God to keep us where we need to be. So, you know, rather than it being the climax and getting to the end, I think the reason it's put in the middle is to give us an opportunity to respond to what was before. Now, of course, there's there's the whole side that there's more, you know, more to be covered as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that's there too. But that whole idea of bringing the climax in the middle of the book instead of the climax at the end, you know, uh, I think that answers that, that, okay, now, now you're back to where you need to be. Are you going to allow that to to get you to where you need to be, to keep you where you need to be, you know. Um, so, so the idea of climbing the mountain, hitting the, the mountaintop, well, there's the other side, and we're going to go back down. Let's make sure we don't go all the way back down the mountain, you know, like we did before. And I think, I think that's part of the reason for, for that. So if we can go into the book um, looking at, okay, even today— we have a tremendous amount of our moral code, if you want to put it that way, or or you can look at it from the laws that we have in this this nation. Um, a lot of them are are founded in in these ideas. There's a tremendous similarity um, between what we are supposed to be living like today and what we find there. Um, so look at it from from the standpoint of um, how how does it how does it help us live our lives the way we need to today, and when we fail and we get back to where God says, "Okay, you've asked forgiveness. I've given you a clean cleansing. Let's let's do better the next time." And I think the second half of the book really we can focus on that part. Hmm. So if we sign the message really revolving around this idea, that in a lot of ways, the Christian life, mm-hmm. failure, <laughs> forgiveness, right, back at it, sort, sort of idea, approach. What, what is the message? What is, what is Leviticus trying to teach us? Dependence, yeah. I, th- I think, is really what we need to pull out of Leviticus, um, that there is no way we are going to be perfect. There is no way we're going to be able to live in the presence of God unless he does a work in our lives. And so to get to the point where we say, God, I, I need your help to get through today. You know, I need your help with, with these issues that I struggle with. Um, and we don't wait until Sunday, you know, when we're <laughs> with, mm-hmm. with other believers and it's a little easier to do the things we need to do. Um, this this book can be such a powerful reminder that that God is there. He's he's willing and ready uh, to to help in time of need, and if we can come to dependence on Him and say, God, I I need your help. I think I think we've accomplished what needs to be done through the Book of Leviticus. Mm. And obviously, that dependence theme brings naturally into the segue of our last question. Uh, related to where do we see Christ testified about. We've talked about shedding of blood. We've talked about sins being placed on another, this atonement, day of atonement mm-hmm. going on here. Um, how, how do we see Christ in, in the book of Leviticus? Uh, yeah, it's, it really builds to a climax, of course, in 1617. But I think throughout the book, um, you, you see the need for a redeemer. You see the need 
for um, a, a perfect being uh, to, to step into our worthlessness, into our sinfulness, into our dirtiness, mm. uh, and, and fix it. And there is absolutely no real purpose to all of this that we find in Leviticus without seeing the person of Jesus Christ as being pointed to, mm. you know, that he is the perfect sacrifice uh, and that he is the only one capable of, of carrying away our sin. So we have twofold in the person of Jesus Christ in the Day of Atonement. Yeah. Um, and throughout the book of returning us to holiness... We can't do it ourselves. Mm. Uh, we're going to have to have the person of Jesus Christ. And I, I think we see it powerfully uh, in the book of Leviticus. Mm. And we dare not get stuck on, well, this, this, was, this was meant for the Israelites. This was meant for the Jews. It doesn't pertain to us today. It absolutely does mm. because the very same thing that they needed, we need today. And yeah. we only find it in Jesus Christ. Well, and it's such a good it's such a good reminder of the reality of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. The Day of Atonement was a temporary that that blood just temporarily covered sin, yeah. right? Exactly. You know, like exactly. that reality that this was a temporary reality. The, re- the reality that they were going to go back out, be clean, and run into something, go somewhere, do something that would make them unclean again. And we look forward to the New Testament, and I just the image keep striking me as you read through the gospel is of this whole system of clean and unclean, right? And and people who were clean unclean. Samaritans were unclean, you know, Gentiles were unclean, lepers were unclean, people that were bleeding were unclean. All of these people that were unclean and and Christ comes and keeps touching them. Mm-hmm. And in those mm-hmm. moments, Christ doesn't become unclean, they become, they become clean, clean, right? Yeah. And, and that being symbolic of the, the greater reality of what's actually going on. Not only did he cure their leprosy, but he brought final salvation. Not just a covering blood, but a blood that would eradicate that sin, that would once and for all address mm-hmm. this issue of clean and unclean. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just like yeah. what yeah. this whole book just points to, just how is God going to be among man without eradicating him? And then in the person of Christ incarnate as fully God, fully man, takes care of that clean issue, mm-hmm. takes care of that unclean issue, takes care of that sin issue in in the shedding of his blood. It's just like all of a sudden when you start reading this book, with the person and work of Christ coming later, you go, my word, like this is just, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Christ, Christ fundamentally mm-hmm. solved this problem that right. the Israelites never solved with this system. Right. Okay, so you hinted at it a little, little bit already. You said, okay, this isn't just for them then. This, this is relevant for us today especially. So, so practically, let's try and get a little bit practical for our listeners. As they're reading through the book of Leviticus, as they're reminded of our own moral failure, as they're reminded of our constant need to come back to God, what, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to believe? What are, we, what are we supposed to understand? What's the application of a book like Leviticus to our daily lives? Well, there, there is, I mean, anyone... That that even would desire to know where where the uh, code of ethics comes from, where the idea of of why do we do the things that we do? Why is it not right um, to kill somebody else? Why is it um, not right to 
to strike somebody else. You know, it really all goes back to this at its very basis level. So you can start with that. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it that the world over has many similarities to what we find here? Well, yeah. it's because God has infused this into the world. It's not just the Jews. Um, and and he, he puts it together for them. Yeah. Um, but but he's not changing his way of acting um, just for the Jews. He still has that moral code that that we see worldwide even today. So you can begin with that and and compare those things and look at the fascinating uh, ways that those those fit. But even more than that, I think. We go from there and we say, okay, if we begin looking at these individual sacrifices, if we begin looking at these individual things, we, we will find a similarity in what we struggle with today. These are not things that, that well, they, they all quit existing um, at some point. You know, almost, almost all of them. We, we can find a similarity to things that we struggle with still today. Um, you can and get all the way back to the heart issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And so, you know, if we can look at that and say, okay, where's, where's the connection to the struggle that I have in my life today? Um, do, do we have to go back to those sacrifices? No, we have the person of Jesus Christ, but man, it should draw us back to him. You know, realizing that, okay, I struggle with a very similar issue here. Jesus Christ has taken care of that, you know. Um, and so that, that I think, is, is one of the things we really need to look at in, in the book is how, how does it apply to me um, in my daily life? Is it really some old stuffy law? No, it's not. You know, there's so much connection that we can make today to the things that we struggle with and seeing the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on behalf of those things. Mm. And ultimately, that being a source of hope, you know, yeah, that ex- we don't exactly. live under that same reality and that, that hope that we have in Christ, that constant need for the gospel uh, to, to both redeem us once for all, but also to spur us on to, mm-hmm. to talk about those yeah. two sides right. of the Day of Atonement that you talked about in the right. book. Well, listeners, hopefully we've at least piqued your interest here a little bit. Maybe Leviticus is familiar. Maybe it's not to you. Uh, but I would encourage you, try not to get lost in the weeds of this book. Um, be reminded again that God is establishing this moral code. He's laying down right and wrong for this people. He's helping them understand what their lives together are going to look like. We see this climax in, in the Day of Atonement right in the middle of the book, this reality that we fully understand it came years later in the personal work of Christ. And so it should be a source of worship. It should be a source of hope. It should be a source of drawing us back to Christ. I love that idea. Even when we're just like the Israelites, just like the sort of thing that he's prescribing against here, that it should be a reminder to come back to Christ and come back to that once and for all sacrifice that he made on our behalf. Absolutely. And the fact that we can be in the presence of a holy God because of Christ's work on our behalf. Any final thoughts, things you want to leave our listeners with on the book of Leviticus before we wrap up here? I hope that we are able, um, through Leviticus, to, to truly have that hope. Um, you know, can you imagine what it would have been like to have to 
daily um, go through that ritual of, okay, what have I done today? Now, I did, I did this and that, so I better go get a dove. No, I'm kind of past that. I need to get into, you know, this, this particular um, offering here. Um, just a, a daily thing to where we literally can, can just, you know, close our eyes, take a moment and say, Jesus Christ, you've done that for me. I, I did the same thing. I had one of those days, you know, I, I messed up. I don't have to go find a dove. I don't have to go find a sheep. I don't have to go find some wine. Uh, I can come to you and say thank you for the work that you've done on my behalf. Amen. What a constant source of hope that we have Absolutely. in that reality, for sure. Well, listeners, that's it for the book of Leviticus. Hopefully this has been an encouragement to you and helped to stir you on toward potentially reading this book um, either better or for the first time in your own private study. Um, as we wrap up here this week's episode, let me just remind you that this coming Sunday, uh, Tom will be tackling Hebrews 8. He's going to continue that theme of Christ's priestly ministry and what all that means. Seems ironic and, and appropriate given the time we've spent here in Leviticus. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. But we'd love to have you join us at either 9 o'clock or our 1030 service here in, in person. We'd love to have you join us for that message as Tom continues that idea. Also, let me just plug here a bit uh, for you. If, if you come in on Sunday morning, come to the 9 o'clock hour at 1030. We have both our Getting to the Heart of Parenting class in room one during that 1030 hour led by Pastor Mike here at the church or our New Testament survey class where you will be teaching on... Luke, Luke if, I, if I have that correct, on Luke and Acts yeah. as we continue to move through the New Testament here. That's in the fellowship hall at the 1030 hour. We'd love to have you join us uh, for that as well. And if you have any questions related to Leviticus, you can always find the teacher. He will be in there teaching on the New Testament. No, uh, <laughs> you can decide what questions you want to answer that's, in, that's the, right. in that class. Uh, but he will be there if you want to continue that discussion as well. And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in, for listening. Uh, for hopefully it was an enjoyable experience for you and you enjoyed the discussion on Leviticus. If it was helpful to you, be reminded you can always share it, rate it, or comment on it to help other people find it. And we hope you join us again next week for Numbers on Midweek in the Word. Thanks for taking time to join us for Midweek in the Word. To hear previous podcast episodes, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Faith Bible Lincoln or tweet us at FBC Lincoln. And now we leave you with these encouraging words from Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith.